We'll continue our uh, series, uh, What We Believe and Why We Believe It. Uh, today we believe that Jesus was tempted by the devil. It's an important subject to a lot of people especially because uh, being tempted uh, for some people uh, seems to be a sin in, in, their, in their mind. They feel like they've sinned because uh, if they were good, they, they wouldn't be tempted. But actually the very opposite is true. The gooder you are, uh, the more tempt temptation you will face. Uh, so it really doesn't work that way. But uh, for a few moments today, we'll study uh, uh, the temptations that uh, Jesus went through and see what lessons uh, we can glean from it. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. There are three things I'd like to focus on just a little bit. He came from Galilee. Galilee's where he lived. That's where he uh, took care of a family, uh, his uh, mother and father's family. That's, uh, that's where he worked. That's where his vocation was. It appears that uh, on this particular day, uh, he left home. He was 30 years old. And uh, the Jews, uh, their priests, would begin their work as priests at the age of 30. And uh, our Lord entered into his ministry also at the age of 30. So he came from Galilee. John was baptizing uh, around about the uh, Jordan area. And he came specifically to John. He wanted John to be the one that baptized him. And there was a reason for that. Of course, they were co-laborers. And uh, no doubt that this is why uh, Jesus was uh, careful to make sure that John was the one who did, in fact, uh, baptize him. John tried to prevent him, saying, uh, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? Prevent. Uh, John tried to prevent him. He tried to stop him. Why? Uh, what moved John to think that he should baptize Jesus? And the Lord apparently understood. He responded uh, and said, permit it to be so now. Uh, it's a bit of an unusual uh, response unless, of course, he knew uh, how John felt. Uh, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fulfilling, uh, fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, the first uh, instinct I've always had is that uh, John knew that Jesus was Messiah. Messiah was uh, the anointed one that uh, Moses had spoken about long ago. Uh, he said, there's a prophet coming after me uh, who will be uh, superior to me, in essence. And uh, <clears throat> this prophet was uh, God's anointed, or in the Hebrew, uh, a Messiah. The Greek is called the Christ. So uh, my first instinct was that John knew that Jesus was Messiah, and uh, Jesus also knew that he was Messiah. And therefore, their conversation makes sense. Well, I used to think that way. Uh, I'm not so sure that's correct, though. Uh, through the years, uh, as you learn, your understanding of things uh, evolves. And... Uh, my understanding of this event evolved somewhat as well. <clears throat> did both men know Jesus was Messiah? I'm inclined to think that they did not. Okay. Now, 
Tomorrow I might argue it the other way. Today, though, however, I'm going to present it to you this way. Uh, keep an open mind and uh, see what you think about it. After uh, John had baptized our Lord, uh, the Baptist said, I did not know him. Okay, this is after the baptism. What does he mean by that phrase? I did not know he was the Messiah. After baptism, before baptism, John said, uh, I shouldn't be baptizing you. And we think he knew he was the Messiah. But now from John's own mouth, we get the words after the baptism, I did not know he was the Messiah. But that, this is what he did know, he should be revealed to Israel. Who? The Messiah. Apparently he had been told uh, before he entered into his ministry, John had been told uh, that the Messiah was going to be revealed because he goes on to say, therefore, since Messiah was going to be revealed, therefore, I came baptizing with water. That was the purpose of my work. He was the forerunner of the Christ, as we all know. So it appears from what John's saying here that he knew Messiah was coming, but he didn't know that Jesus was Messiah. Okay, well, why did he feel like he was inferior to Jesus? I don't know. Can't answer that question. I don't have any information. It's possible, though, that he might have known Jesus was special. You remember uh, the encounter with Mary and Elizabeth years ago, 30 years earlier. Jesus was uh, to be special. John would be first, and Jesus would follow, taking his place. These were things they understood. Mary's child was going to be very special. No doubt John had been told these things. Jesus had probably been told these things as he grew up. Uh, maybe they thought he was going to be a, a prophet. Not the prophet. Perhaps they thought he would be a prophet. And John might have thought he was superior, that Jesus was superior to him. That's possible. It's within the realm of possibility. But you gotta, you know, you got to think outside the box sometimes. We're trying to gleam understanding, and we have to be willing to look at the evidence carefully. Because this was after the baptism. John said, I didn't know uh, who he was, the Messiah, that is. So John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit. The heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit, who appeared to be a dove, he wasn't a dove, but he appeared to be, he descended and he lighted on the Lord. <clears throat> I did not know him, he says again, for emphasis. I did not know he was the Messiah. But he who sent me to baptize with water, I assume this was uh, the, the Holy Spirit, or perhaps the Father, more than likely the Holy Spirit, he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John had already conversed with Jesus. He had baptized Jesus. And these things took place after Jesus came up out of the water. Now the sign was right here. Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is Messiah. That's when John would have recognized Jesus as the Messiah. He was given a sign from God 
And when that sign was filled, then John knew who Jesus really was. And he emphasizes twice before that, before the Spirit descended on Jesus, I didn't know he was Messiah. That was information that came a little bit later. John tried to prevent him. I believe what I said a few moments ago could be correct that he, he, he may have just thought Jesus was superior to him because of what happened 30 years earlier. I don't know. It's a guess. But I do know that John said emphatically he did not know Jesus was Messiah before the Spirit descended and alighted on him. John the baptizer didn't know Jesus was Messiah before his baptism. Now, I've said all that because I just want to ask one question. <clears throat> did Jesus know? Have you ever thought about that? Did Jesus know who he was for 30 years? Did he know who he was? I don't know. I don't know of any, any information that tells us he did know who he was. Is it possible that it wasn't until this day when the father probably for the first time ever spoke in the presence of his son. This is my beloved son. Is that the first time Jesus realized who he was? I don't know. Could be. I, I believe he probably realized he might be a prophet, which was, you know, pretty high ranking. Uh, amongst the Jewish people. But it's possible, I don't know this, but it's possible at this time, Jesus come to the realization of who he was. And that, if that is the case, I think that would be absolutely mind-blowing. The whole nation is looking for Messiah, and suddenly you find out that you what kind of thoughts must have went through his head if that's the case? I'm not saying it is. Anyway, that leads up to the next point. After he was baptized, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Okay, he didn't just go into the wilderness on his own. The Spirit directed him in that direction. Was it to be a time of reflection? What would it be a time when Jesus would uh, ponder who he was, what it meant, what was expected of him, what was to come? You know, he, he was a Jew. He knew that the Messiah would come and establish the kingdom. Did he understand the kingdom was of a spiritual nature? So many questions. They had to have been going through his mind at, 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 at lightning speed. And for 40 days, he pondered on these things. I would think. I would, if it had been me. I would have pondered on these things. Well, at the end of the 40 days, uh, Jesus was tempted by the devil. This is why he was sent out to the wilderness. He was going to be put to the test. And he was. After he had put him 40 days, uh, the devil came to him. So when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now, Jesus fasted. That doesn't mean he did without food and water. I don't think he did without water. Look at what Luke said. 
In those days, Jesus ate nothing. Afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Okay, there's nothing said about him not drinking water. I don't know if he could have survived 40 days without water. And since he did survive 40 days without food, he had to have been about this close to death. He was starving. His body had probably turned on itself and was consuming itself. Forty days without food. He was on the brink of dying at that particular moment in time. It was the right time, the best time for Satan to approach him. He was at his most vulnerable point. Perhaps perplexed by who he was. And unable to think coherently because he's at death's doorstep. What a, what a time it had to have been. We know that it was afterward that Jesus was tempted by the devil. I emphasize that because uh, a lot of uh, theologians say that Jesus was baptized at different times during that 40-day period. Okay, that's very popular uh, teaching uh, today. Uh, it's, it's not the case. Look at what the scripture says. In those days, the 40 days, Jesus ate nothing. And afterward, after the 40 days, when they had ended, he was hungry. And even Matthew did. When he had, past tense, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, after the 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, okay? So both Matthew and Luke both explained to us that Jesus did without food for 40 days, and then the tempter came to him. After fasting 40 days and nights, we know that the temptations uh, struck. He was at his weakest moment. He, he had to have been close to death. I've read about this uh, from uh, uh, those in the medical profession. Uh, a lot of them say most people could never go 40 days without food. Uh, some can, but at the end of 40 days, uh, they would be very feeble. They would be unable to think coherently. Uh, and no doubt uh, our Lord was very weak. So here comes the tempter. He takes advantage of people. He catches them. When they're down and out, a death just occurred. Good time for the tempter to strike. We're distraught. We can't think. A lot of things are going through our minds. And here comes the tempter. He doesn't hit us when the sun is shining. It doesn't appear. Well, he could. But when it rains and when the thunder rolls, that's when he comes out and assaults. The first temptation, the devil said to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. I've, uh, I've believed and taught for a long time <coughs> that he was questioning his Messiahship. As I said, my learning has evolved somewhat, and I don't necessarily think that's the case any longer. If you are the Son of God, is he, is he trying to, to put doubt in the mind of the Master? I, I don't think so. I think Satan is approaching Jesus from a different angle. Uh, Jesus knew who he was. The Father just said so 40 days earlier. Satan knew who he was. 
Satan knew that Jesus knew who he was. He was there when God spoke from heaven. I don't think there was any doubt in our Lord's mind who he was. I think, and you really got to stretch your mind on this one, I think the devil was trying to behave like a friend. I'm a friend of yours, all the while trying to stick a knife in his back. Let's see how it unravels. Implied that I think I'm concerned about you. You're almost dead from starvation. You're on the verge of death. <clears throat> hunger is a natural desire. It's not wrong to be hungry. We know you're hungry. We know you want something to, to eat. It's, it's natural. Self-preservation uh, is, is, is a reality. It's not a, a, a something that's uh, fictional. And finally, since you have supernatural power, why not use it to save your life? Is it possible that this is how he tempted him? What's wrong with taking that stone and turning it into bread so you can live? So you can go forward and do the things you were put here to do. What's wrong with it? You've got the power. What's wrong with helping yourself? I can see this being a question Satan might ask. My point is sometimes I think he approaches us as friends. He acts like a friend. But when we look closely, we might find a knife in his hand. <clears throat> the Lord question would be would he seek to save himself that's what he would be doing if he turned the stone into bread he would be trying to save his life he would be trying to help himself isn't that correct well sure it's correct well Jesus answered saying it is written quoting Deuteronomy 8 and 3 man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God Basically, I think what he's saying is, whether I live or die, that's not mine to choose. Mine is to do the will of God. If God wants me to live, I'll live. If God wants me to die, I'll die. If God wants me to live, he'll find a way to, to bring me bread. But my role is, to follow God's lead. So he decided not to help himself. He could have if he wanted to, but he chose not to. Later, the Jews, when they crucified the Son of God, they laughed at him. He, he saved others. He's hanging on the cross. He saved others himself he cannot save. They didn't know it. They were telling the truth. He couldn't save himself. And there's a reason for that. What was read earlier, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. It is much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Okay? He himself likewise took part in the same. He put on flesh and blood. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil, and release those who through the fear of death 
were all their lifetime subjected to bondage. Now think about what the Hebrews author is saying. Jesus experienced man's experience. Okay? That's what he came to do. He came to live life in this world as a man. Therefore, he put on flesh and blood. Now, if you and I were starving to death, could we turn a stone into bread? Well, of course not. We don't have that kind of power. If Jesus did that, he wouldn't be experiencing our experience. He would be doing something that he could, wasn't supposed to be doing. If he was going to live life as a man. Therefore, he could not turn a stone into bread. Otherwise, his offering would have been invalidated. And he didn't do it. He loved us too much. He would not do it. He could have done it. But he chose not to do it because he was going to live life like we do. He could help others. He turned a few loaves and a few fishes and he fed multitudes. He had the power to feed people. Himself, he wouldn't feed because that's not something that you and I can do. He lived life like we do and therefore could not turn stone into bread. Think about it. Just food for thought. Second temptation then uh, Satan brought Jesus to Jerusalem. He set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to, ke to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. The uh, temptation, can Jesus trust divine promises? Now the God has said... The angels will bear you up. They will not let you hit a stone. Jump. You trust God? You trust God? Do you believe him? Jump. The angels will come. If God's honest, the angels will come. They won't let you hit a stone. Jump. You say you're a man of faith. Jump. And you know he didn't jump. How do we... Realize, how do we rationalize this? Jesus answered and said to the devil, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. <clears throat> Quoting Deuteronomy 6.16. Oh yes, the angels, if the Lord had been walking along and fallen off a cliff, the angels would have caught him. But if he tried to tempt God, if he said, God, I'm going to put you to the test, I'm going to jump and see if you'll keep your word. He would have splattered the ground. It was true that the angels would bear the Lord up. But there was a higher law. Don't tempt God. People do that all the time. You know that. People do. They put God to the test. God said he'll do something and, and, and they'll do it. I remember a guy I used to work with a long time ago. Daughter went out and bought a car. Teresa, you haven't got a job. The Lord will provide. That's what she said. The Lord will provide. She heard that preached, I'd say. What was she doing? She was tempting God. You said you'd provide. 
Okay, now get me a way to pay for this car. Well, you know what happened to the car. It doesn't work that way. Third temptation. <coughs> I'm sorry, I've got allergies or something going on here. And then the devil took Jesus up in the high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Huh. Will Jesus choose the easy, easy path to success? Messiah came to establish a kingdom. How long does it take to establish a kingdom? I don't know. Years? I mean, if I was thinking about establishing a kingdom, I would think years? It take, it take time to build up. Satan offered it to him right then. You'll have what you came to get. Just that fast. All the kingdoms of the world be in subjection to you. That's what you came to do. I'll give it to you. Okay? We're told it was a temptation, which means the Lord thought about it. If there was no thinking about it, there was no temptation. You know what a temptation is. That's when you want to do something really bad. And you keep telling yourself, I can't do that. I can't do this. This is wrong. And you keep telling you, I can't do this. Well, Jesus is being tempted. There is a part of him that would like to. But he can't. Because he knows it's wrong. And he will not do it. Here comes uh, the fly and the buttermilk, so to speak. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. I don't believe Satan meant that he had to worship him like he did the Father. If Jesus had taken him up on his offer, he would be a servant of Satan. Okay, he would be indebted to Satan. So by taking him up on his offer, he will be in a position of serving Satan. And if he wants to keep his kingdom, He's going to have to keep on serving Satan. So I think Satan achieves what he wants. The Son of God, instead of serving the Father, is serving him. I think that's the approach of the temptation. I don't think Jesus was tempted by that. I don't think there was any question who he belonged to. In his mind, he had one master and one master only. Now, giving him the kingdoms, that was something to think about. But serving, worshiping Satan, that would have been a no-brainer. I don't think there would have been any temptation at all in that. If you will worship before me, he would have recoiled at the very idea. Would he compromise? In order to achieve what he wants to achieve much faster, Will he compromise his principles? Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall worship. The answer was no. Flat out, no. Well, the devil had ended every temptation. He departed from the Lord until an opportune time. Temptations are hard to resist. They're very hard. Some harder than others. Sometimes we, we, we wrestle so much, so intensely, 
trying to overcome temptations. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done was to refrain from doing something I knew I'm not supposed to do. Because sometimes, you know, you can rationalize things. Sometimes you can see how good will come out of doing wrong. The end uh, justifies the means, being pragmatic, of course. Uh, and it, it can be very hard. And we all wrestle with temptation. We all do. And if we deny the fact that we do, we're, we're lying and we make God a liar in the process. We, we, we wrestle with temptation. That's part of the reason why we're here in the first place, is to wrestle with temptation and ultimately choose God over mammon. So there has to be the temptation. But resisting temptation is very hard. You know, but when you give in, it, it, it's like a relief valve. When you give in and sin, you don't have to fight the temptation anymore. That hunger, that, 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 that refusing yourself of something you want, immediately gone because of the pleasure of sin. You know, then comes guilt. But at that moment, when we sin, the release valve goes off, the pressure's gone. We've all felt it. We've all experienced it. We didn't have to fight anymore. The fight was over. We lost. Jesus found no relief from temptations. He found no relief. He never sinned. His, the severity of his temptations were much greater than ours because he never gave in to it. We do. And we feel the release of pressure. He didn't. He had to ride it out to the end. Ultimately, he beat Satan. And Satan had to go away until another day. And then he would come back. When we talk about temptations, don't ever think the Lord doesn't understand. He experienced temptation. He experienced greater temptation. He experienced longer temptation. And he never gave up. You know why we give up? Because we fail. I'm here because I'm a failure. I'm here because I'm a sinner. I sure hope they ain't my telephone railing to be all over me. You all you all don't get in as much trouble as I do. I don't have my telephone. I'm in the clear. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the Lord... Uh, the severity of the things he went through was much greater than ours. When we feel sorry for ourselves, uh, we ought to think about our master. His situation was much worse. He defeated Satan that day. How? How? The usual response is the word of God, okay? Well, ultimately it was, but I don't think that's why he defeated Satan that day. He defeated Satan because he made a decision. He would be loyal. He would be devoted to God. When he faced temptation, he had already made up his mind what he was going to do. 
he was going to say no. I think Nancy Reagan coined that phrase. People have laughed at her ever since. That was his motto, just say no. And once you've made a decision that you're going to serve God only, then you can do it. Just say no. I'm already committed. I'm already in a relationship. I'm not turning my back on my husband. I'm going to be faithful. I'm not going to cheat my husband because I love him. And there's nobody coming between me and him. Battle's half over. That's what Jesus did. He'd already made a decision. He was going to serve his father. And then, you know, not my will, but God's will be done. That's how he could not turn the stone into bread. If the Lord wanted to turn a stone into bread, he could do it too. And he would. The father, I mean. He could and would if that was his desire or will but it, it wasn't therefore Jesus waited on God that his will should be accomplished this is the way you and I should deal with temptation I think we have to make up our mind who we belong to we have to be faithful to him first and foremost above all our wives our husband our children our parents the Lord Jesus comes first. Always. And then we need to know what the will of God is, of course. Temptation. Hard. So hard. And as I said earlier, the gooder you are, the more temptation you've got to contend with. Satan doesn't throw his fastballs at weak faith. Uh -uh. He throws them at strong faith. Those are the birds that's hard to take out. That's you. So be prepared to just say no. If you need to respond to our Lord, I hope you do that. Make sure everything is good between you and him as together we stand and as we sing.